we're in Ephesians chapter 5. All right. Ephesians chapter 5. is good. It's only quarter after. So you normally don't get started with Sunday school until like 10.30. Yeah. 10.30? Yeah. So this is good. Have extra time. It's great. Ephesians 5. Trust everybody's there. We're going to read verses 3 uh, down through 20. Um, just follow along as I read. Actually, I want to back it up. We're going to go to uh, verse number 1. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. For fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become the saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. And this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God, and of Christ, and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame to even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The title of the message is Proving What is Acceptable. Proving What is Acceptable. This is kind of a longer passage, and uh, there's a lot of messages you could preach out of this, but I'm going to try to summarize and get the whole thing in tonight. So let's, let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on it. God, I pray that uh, tonight that you would just give me the uh, clarity of mind. I pray that my words would communicate clearly the things that uh, you've laid on my heart and um, the things, most importantly, that are in this passage, uh, the things that you would have us uh, to learn. I pray that you just use it in our lives that we may be um, what you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I'm just going to preface this as far as introduction, just uh, preface this this whole idea of proving what is is pardon me proving what is accept, acceptable that's harder than it sounds um, everything that is done um, in our lives everything that um, we are to uh, understand as being acceptable 
Um, when it comes to proving what is acceptable, everything is supposed to be filtered through the church. Nowhere in the Bible do you see um, uh, freelance Christians, uh, people off doing the, their own thing. In the Old Testament, you had uh, Israel and the priests. Um, everybody's supposed to bring their offering to the uh, priests. You see Ezra there in the Old Testament. He was expounding um, the, the uh, law to the, to the um, children of Israel. Um, there, was a, there was a collective um, body that was a check on our, our own understanding. What's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 say? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And in all, in all dispensations, he, he gives us a body, a check on our own understanding. What was, what was happening in Judges? Every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. Everything that we, as we read our Bibles and as we walk with the Lord day by day, there are truths that we can glean and understand. Okay? But there are times when we come to church and we sit under the preaching of the Word of God and there's things that we have in our mind as being true and that preaching that, he, that he's preaching, it, that's, not, that's not what I understood from that. And you have a fuller understanding of what that passage is actually teaching. Okay? And, we all, when, and we grow. Okay? The, the, we, we can have in our own minds something that is not correct. Okay? So, so the church is a check on that. Um. And it's not to say that we're supposed to be these, you know, mindless robots that just, you know, um, follow whatever the pastor says, or, or we just we just follow whatever the leadership of the church is saying. Okay, we're, we're supposed to be absolutely supposed to be reading the Bible, studying on our own, um, understanding these things. And when we when we hear something from the pulpit that doesn't that we don't think agrees with the scripture, okay, not agrees with us, okay, like oh that, that that's that's not what I believe, so he's not right. Okay, you got to be able to take it from the Bible and say. Well, that's, that's not right because the Bible says this, okay? When that happens, what do you do? You go to pastor and say, pastor, look here. I, th- I think the Bible says this, but you said it said that. So, like, w- what's the deal, okay? You, you, you approve those things that are acceptable unto God, okay? E- everything is, is filtered through the church. Um, and, and you work, that, work those things out. Um, you, you are to be a fully engaged warrior, understanding and applying the truth, and if a conflict arises, you're to take it to your pastor or your teacher. Anybody that um, is teaching something that you don't think is, is what the Bible is saying, you, you go and work that out. Okay? But, but again, we're not, we're not just off on our own making up our own um, ideas um, and, and standards okay? of what, thing, what, are accept, what things are acceptable. That's, uh, God has given that to the church. Okay, so that being the preface, moving on. Um, we talked uh, last time we were together about um, the state of the church um, of, of Ephesus, the culture, kind of what was going on. Um, and so uh, this week, he, he, Paul starts listing um, several things that were, could have been common, would have been common in, in Greek culture. You've got to understand that uh, the church of Ephesus was uh, very much influenced by the Hellenistic culture, which is Greek culture, very uh, logical, very uh, reasonable, but they had given themselves over to all kinds of sin, okay? Um, sodomy was very common. Um, idolatry was common. Covetousness. I mean, just um, all kinds of uh, wickedness, things that were against the law of God. And so in, in verse number three, um, he, he starts listing some things that, um, um, that they, would have, they would have had um, struggles with maybe um, in that culture. Um, and even today, okay? So uh, the first thing I see... Um, in this uh, passage is that we're to refla- refrain. There are things that the church should refrain um, from 
um, and people that the church should um, not fellowship with. So we see that in um, verse number 11. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Okay, so the first point is refrain from fellowship. Fellowship from the works of darkness, number one. Okay, so under, I don't explain an outline very well. <laughs> refrain from fellowship, that's point number one. Okay, so the first thing we're going to refrain from in fellowship is the works of darkness. Okay, so uh, he starts listing off there. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be one state among you. Okay, so fornication, any act of sexual sin, he said uh, avoid that, right? Next one, uncleanness. Uncleanness is something else that um, it, it has several uh, connotations. Um, it could mean physical uncleanness, okay? Take care of yourself. Hygiene. The whole, there's chapters in the Old Testament, and it's all about washing your hands, when to wash your hands, whenever you... Um, you know, touch a, a, a dead animal or you're around a dead body, wash your hands, okay? That stuff's important to God. God, God wrote a, extensively about that in the Old Testament, okay? Um, so that's one idea that, that it could mean. This, that's what this uh, word actually means, okay? Physical uh, uncleanness. Um, lust, okay? Um, I'm going to go over to James real fast just to kind of give us an idea. Um, Uh, lust is a, is a strong desire, okay? Um, and this, this is having to do with, with the mind, okay? This lust starts in the mind. Um, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death, okay? So the fruit of lust is sin, but um, the strong desire is, is natural, okay? Is it right? No. And, and that's what he's saying. He said, when it, whenever that... Um, Unclean lust comes in your mind, okay? You're supposed to put that away from you at that point. Before it, before it conceives into sin, okay, put it away at, at the um, unclean lust stage, okay? So uncleanness can mean uh, physical uncleanness, uh, lust, unclean lust. And then it can also mean having impure motives. Again, this is before it actually comes out in an action, okay? He's saying nip that stuff off, okay? Get, get rid of it when, it, when it's when it's just starting, okay? When it's still in your mind, when you still have, when you're thinking about that impure motive of, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help them out, but really you're doing it to put them down, okay? That's what he's saying. Like, get rid of that. Don't, don't, act, don't act that out uh, in your life. The fornication, uncleanness, covetousness. Um, covetousness is, is a greedy desire to have more. Later on in this passage, he says in verse number 5, he says, nor covetous man who is an idolater. What is he saying? Um, what, what's the first commandment? Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. If you're covetous, you are, you are wanting something else more than God. Okay? More than, that, that's what he says, right? If you're covetous, you're an idolater. That, that, those possessions, um, those, those things are more important to you than your spiritual growth, than others. Okay? Is, is that how it's supposed to be? We're supposed to value material possessions more than people around us? No, that's not how God intended. Um, and you're worshiping those things. So, so God says, covetousness. A covetous man is an idolater. Flee those things. It says uh, there in the passage, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Get rid of it. Moving on. Okay, so most of those things, I'm assuming, look, we got those down, okay? If you, if you were brought up in a Christian home, okay, these are things that your parents from we little, okay, 
got rid of that. Like you, you can tell when when Johnny did that out of an impure motive. Okay, you can tell when um, um, you know he's he's co- coveting that little toy that his brother has just because his brother has. Okay, you, those those things are things that we got corrected when we were we little. That was perfect timing. That's one thing I didn't get corrected when I was wee little. <laughs> Turn my phone off. Okay. Uh, so there he's talking about things that, that have to do with our mind and our, and our actions, okay? He goes on in verse 4. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting. All of these, if you look up the word um, filthiness, um, it has to do with the tongue as well. All three of these have to do with our tongue, what we, talk, what we say. Um, filthiness is um, the actual definition. It means obscenities or dirty language. Okay, Put it away. Um, I could lie and stand up before you and say I've never done that, Okay, but I'd be lying. All right? You hear it out in the world. You hear people saying that stuff, and it gets in your mind. What do you do when you slam your thumb with a hammer? There it goes. Put it away. He says, put it away. Um, filthiness. Filthiness of your mouth. He says, put it away. Uh, foolish talking. Foolish talking means random talk that reveals the vanity of the heart. Talking about things that are worthless all the time. Um, it's not to say that you can't ever talk to somebody at the register about the weather. Okay, that's not what he's saying. But he's saying you're just a vain person. You always talk about things that are worthless and empty. They're all, all things under the sun. You don't have any conversations with anybody about things that are eternal, things that are um, um, uplifting and encouraging, exhorting one another, um, things that are just empty. Um, random talk that reveals the vanity of the heart. That's, that's foolish talking. Jesting. I'm not allowed to tell jokes. That's not what I say. Okay. Um, I, looked at, I looked that word up, and the first word that came up was scurrilous. Thanks. Thanks for that definition. Okay, that didn't help. Scurrilousness is humorously insulting or rude, abusive remarks. Okay? So this is, I think I'm saying okay a lot. That's annoying. I'm going to stop doing that. Um, Humorously insulting remarks. Making fun of people. Um, I I remember uh, when I worked at the ranch, there were um, several, several guys that I did not get along with. Okay, every opportunity I had to make fun of them, guess what I did? I I patted them on the back and encouraged them and said, you know, everybody makes mistakes and we all can just grow and live and you know get better by it because of the mistake you made. No, I was all over him. Okay, you're an idiot. What's wrong with you? God God must have walked off before he finished your brain. Okay, that's not right. He's saying he's saying you know everybody else who was laughing at that because they all probably agreed with me, um, but. You know, it, that's not right. He says, jesting, that, that humorously insulting, uh, those humorously insulting remarks. He said, no, no. Um, those things are not convenient. Um, convenient just simply means it's not, it's not proper. Um, it's not, uh, I got that definition, fitting or suitable. Okay? Those things aren't right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be uh, speaking in such a way. All right? So, not those things, not fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, um, foolish talking, or jesting. Notice three of the six have to do with the tongue. Just pointing that out. Um, he says at the end, but rather giving of thanks. Be thankful. 
Okay? Put away all these things and be thankful. Um, many times, uh, when you, when, I know when you're growing up, you, when, you, when I've always thought of thankfulness, um, it, was, it was just, you know, I'm thankful that they passed me the carrots, or I'm thankful that I got a new pair of sneakers, or I'm thankful, okay, whatever. Um, but thankfulness is a lot more than that, okay? Um, thankfulness is very important to God. Gratitude is very important to God. Um, it, <clears throat> we're going to see later on, it says, give thanks for all things. Even the things that we wouldn't choose, the things that um, in our minds are, you know, that hurts, that, that, that's going to hamper my growth, and, and I can't believe the Lord is letting this stuff happen to me. Be thankful for, be thankful for all things. Um, and, and that's that thankful attitude is, is the attitude that is going to be enabling us to move forward. That's the attitude that everybody looks at and says, you know, that, that bad thing is happening to them. They're going through that, that trial, you know, financial struggles, okay? They're still thankful. Why? Because they serve a God in heaven, and I can see that in their life, and they have a testimony that they love the Lord, and they're going to be thankful and bless him even though things don't look too good right now. That's what he's saying. He said, he said, put away these things, but rather give thanks. So many things we can be thankful for. You just got to take some time and think about them. Why? Why do we have to take so much time to think about them? Because we're not naturally thankful. I, I'm, I'm not. Okay, maybe I should rephrase that. I am not naturally thankful. I don't know about you. Okay. Moving on. Um, so we're, refrain from fellowship with the works of darkness. Refrain from fellowship from the men of deceit. Look down there in verse number 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Um, everybody knows um, or has some experience with this, I'm sure. Um, the people that you know say, um, are you sure that, you know, that, that standard seems a little bit above the pale, or beyond the pale. That's, that's the phrase. Uh, you know, I, come on, man. You could put that guy down a little bit, okay? He kind of is a dork, okay? You know, those kind of people. He's saying, no, those are vain people. They are speaking vain words, empty words, because they are not the truth. They're, okay? They're vain, they're empty because they're wrong, okay? Um, words that are not vain are words that are truth, words that are wholesome, words that are good, okay? So he's saying... Um, you know, those, those uh, vain words, they're empty because they're not true. He said, don't, don't have any fellowship with those people that, that try to um, get you to think that these things are, are not, um, you know, not a big deal. Because um, he says, uh, because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So what happens? These main men come and say, you know, all right, so, you know, jesting is not really a big deal. Putting down that person is not a big deal. And so what happens? That person that they've talked to, they start doing that in their life, and that becomes a habit in their life. And what happens? The Lord punishes them, okay? They come under the wrath. Why? Because they disobeyed the commandment that, that was actually proving what is acceptable, the thing that was acceptable to God, the thing that was being taught in their church, the thing that they had in their life, and they let that vain person with those vain words talk them out of it, and they started being disobedient to that, and the wrath of God comes on them. He's saying, don't fellowship with them. Refrain from fellowship with those, with those men. Uh, the people, just, you know, 
in our vernacular, people that try to live on the line. See how, how close they can get to. I'm not. I'm not like disobeying God. You know, I'm not technically stealing, but you know, I you know I punched into work. You know, I said I was there at eight o'clock, and I was really there at eight thirty. You know, not a big deal. All right. No, no, we're supposed to be honest in all things. Okay, that's just an illustration, but you know, we're not pushing that line like these like these men are. So that's refrain from fellowship, refrain from the works of darkness, refrain from the men of deceit. Um, and the next point is reprove the darkness. Reprove the darkness. Verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. I need to check the time. I'm good. All right. <clears throat> rather reprove them. Um, I need to keep reading. For it is a shame to even to speak of them. I'm sorry. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. I'm in verse 12. But all these things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Okay, what's he saying? When you reprove the darkness, he's saying that's like a light on that darkness. Okay? If, 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 there's, if there's something in the dark that you can't see, you're not going to know it's there. Okay? You can run into it. But in the context of a church, when your pastor... When your when your when your Sunday school teacher, when 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 the deacon of the church, or or just even in conversation, okay, when we're we're talking back and forth, and and they they point out like no that that's an unfruitful work of darkness, okay. They put a light on it, okay. All this is darkness, and they put a light on that on that thing, and they reprove it, and they say, you know, uh, you should you should need to put away that jesting. I'm I'm hitting that one because that's you know the illustration I used, and that one was hit home for me, okay. So don't be jesting. Don't maybe be belittling that person, okay. That's wrong. They reprove that in your life. Okay? They put a light on it. What does that do? It manifests the unfruitful works. Um, all he's saying there is, is the light removes the darkness, and an and understanding of the error comes in the life of the person who sees it. Okay? Uh, okay, that's my next point. So I'm, I'm going to develop this. As we're, we, okay, so we come to, we come to church, okay, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night, day in, day out, week in, week out, year out, year in, year out, okay, here all the time. Over time, as, you, as, you, as you're sitting under the preaching and the darkness is being reproved, what's happening? There's a light. There's a light. Watch out for that. Here's a light. As we, as, as we sit under the preaching of the word of God, the things that, um, we need to watch out for the darkness that we need to be aware of is being manifest to us. The pastor's shining a light on it. And what should be happening in our lives is those messages and, and those, those scripture verses, they're coming into our minds, and we have in our minds this, for lack of a better term, a spotlight system. Okay? We, know, we know what to look out for, okay? because in our mind we have the spotlight. All those things have been pointed out in our, in our minds that we need to watch out for that foolish jesting. We need to watch out for that covetousness. We need to watch out for that 
All these things in the darkness, the lights are shined on them. Because, why? Because they've been reproved. That's what he's saying. He, he's saying the, it's being revealed. What that happens is not only do we see them, but we understand. Why? Because when they're reproved, they're, told, they're, they're pointed out for what they are, and we can understand. Um, most times when you're younger, um, not most times when you're, when you're younger, I can make a blanket statement. When you're younger, you don't understand everything that has to do with, that pertains to life and godliness, okay? You just don't. You don't understand how the world works. Um, so the understanding part comes later. But when you're, when you're younger, it's, it's kind of easy, really, because you have your mom and dad, you have your pastor, they're shining lights on things, and they're forcing you, don't do that. When you get older, what happens? They're still there. They're still pointing those things out, but it becomes your decision. When you're little, it's, it's I'm sorry, guys. I know some of y'all are like 15, 16 in here, and that, that's very degrading. I apologize. Not little. When you're younger, when you're still in your mom and dad's house, you don't have a choice. Okay? They tell you when to get up. They tell you when to go to bed. They tell you that you can't watch that. They tell you where you can and cannot go. All these things are controlled and, and they're, and they're uh, put in your life. That's all part of the spotlight system. That's all part of that reproving of the works of, of darkness, those things that are being manifest by the reproof, so that that spotlight system can be fully developed by the time it comes, by, by the time it's your turn to make those decisions for yourself. So it, it reproves those things so that everybody else can see, can see them. It also has an application of the reprovee. That's kind of a weird word, but the person being reproved. If it's somebody that, that's committing those things that he told us did not let us be once named among you, when the pastor calls them out and says, it's probably not going to be from the pulpit, okay? But, but in testimony time, if it's, you know, the, the pastor was dealing with me about that and he, and he told me I need to stop and, and we can all... Um, um, learn from that, but when the reprovee gets rebuked, okay, and the light is shown on them, it says in verse number 14, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. All right? So it's waking up them up too. When they're reproved, it's like, it's, it's no longer like I can hide in the darkness and nobody knows that I'm actually sinning in this. Okay? When he's reproved, it's like, well, huh, I can't really hide from it now. I've got the light on me. All right? Um, so it has, it has uh, two, you know, the two different um, applications there. Um, so the one being reproved, they're made aware. The light is, the light is on them. They're awakened. Um, and everybody else can see those things. They're, they're made manifest that, uh, of the things that need to, they need to stay away from. What's the point of all this? Um, and what are we to do as a result of these, of these lights? Verse number 15. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Dad always used the illustration of walking through an active cow pasture. I don't quite understand that one because whenever I walk through an active cow pasture, I always have rubber boots on, so I just walk through. Like, it doesn't bother me, okay? So um, when, I, when I'm thinking of this, I'm thinking of more along the lines of, of a, you ever heard of a minesweeper? Um, for, for land patrol um, and troops, it basically looks like a metal detector. He just walks around, he sweeps the ground with that thing, looking out for mines. Um, a minesweeper in the Navy is actually a ship that's designed to, to pick up all those things in the water. Um, but just, just for 
sake of reference, we're just going to talk about the, the uh, military, okay, on the ground, boots on the ground. What was, what's the purpose of a mine? Blow people up, okay? More specifically, is it to kill people? Not necessarily, no. The goal of the enemy, especially in Vietnam, if you look it up, even on Wikipedia, they even have legitimate reporting on this. Um, the whole point of the Viet Cong was to slow them down. They had these things called foot poppers. It was just big enough basically to blow off the end of your foot. Okay? So you're not going to be running full speed through the jungle anymore. You're going to be just crying in agony for the rest of the hump back to the base. All right? You're slowing down that platoon. Not only for the guy that gets his foot blown off, but for everybody else. Why? They've got to watch out for mines. In their head, they've got, I don't, I don't know, like Joey Baggy Donuts, he just stepped on a mine. What if I step on a mine? I'm like, they're feeling around. What, what happened? The Viet Cong got exactly what they wanted. They slowed them down. They couldn't get to where they needed to be. They couldn't complete their objective. That's the whole purpose of the, of the minefield. What he's saying is we have the spotlights on everything, okay, just like the minefield. The minesweepers go ahead of the troops. They've got the minesweepers. They're going around. Oh, there's a mine right there. What do they do? They flag it, okay? If they have time, especially in World War II, it was very common, they would actually dis discharge them, okay? The Viet Cong, they had a lot more complicated mines, so they would flag it. They'd, they'd find it right there, they'd flag it, and keep going. Why? Because they got an objective to get to. There it is. Moving on. The battalion's coming behind them. They're going around. Oh, there's another one. Around and around. There's another one, okay? They're, they're mapping everything out so everybody knows, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. When, you, when the battalion comes through, they're not slowed down. Why? Because they know where not to go. They know the things that are going to hinder their progress. They can see the things that are going to cause them physical pain. They know the things that are going to cause them emotional pain, psychological pain, okay? These things are not good, okay? It's the same thing in the spiritual realm. These things are not for our own good. God knows what's best for us, and he wants what's best for us. And so he puts those things, those, those pastors in our lives and those deacons in our lives and those teachers in our lives so that and parents in our lives so that we, they can hold up the lights. They can be with that minesweeper and say, don't go here, don't go here, don't go here, because it will lead you to hurt. It will hinder your progress. Don't go there. That's what he's saying. Walk circumspectly. He also says, not as fools, but as wise. If you want to, you can go step on the flag. You can, Okay. The minesweeper is not like standing on the flag and being, no, you can't, no, you can't. Okay, he's gone. Okay, he's moved on. When you come to the flag, you can step on it if you want. He says, don't walk as a fool. Don't walk as a fool. Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Don't, don't let yourself be hindered by those things. What else did he say? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Make good use of your time. If you are constantly stepping on the landmines, boom, 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 you're, not, you're wasting time. You're not being all that God wanted you to be. Why? Because you keep struggling with a stupid foot popper that keeps blowing your foot off. Stop. He says, redeem the time. The days are evil. Go forward. Uh, lost my place. Okay. Last point, recognize his will. 
Refrain from fellowship. Reprove the darkness. Recognize his will. Verse number 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Recognize His will. just going along with what what he already said. He said, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That's all part of that understanding um, um, the reproves of darkness, um, understanding that we're to to turn away from those things that he told us about already. We're we're not to step on those landmines that have already been shown to us, the uh, things that have been reproved. That's the Lord's will. Follow the reproof. Okay, to summarize, okay? That's the Lord's will. It is not God's will for you to step on those landmines. It's God's will to follow the reproof, the lights that have been shown on it, the the flags that are on the mines. He said, follow the map. Don't step on them. Keep going. Move side to side. Get get out of the way. Make sure you don't don't step on those things. That's God's will. Follow the reproof. Obey the truth. Be obedient to those things he he told told us at the beginning of the passage. Um, The flea uncleanness and and fornication and... um, covetousness, all those things. Obey the truth. The command's in the Bible. That, that's where the truth is, right? Right here? Okay. Obey the truth. Uh, just, by the way, you, you won't know the truth unless you read it. You won't know the truth unless you're a church. You won't know the church unless you, truth unless you memorize it. That's why we have a memorization program. Obey the truth. Uh, verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This one is interesting. <laughs> There's a, all the charismatics out there, and the um, uh, you know the camp meeting crowd went up, shout, and I have my you know I have my uh, Monday through uh, Friday voice, and then I have my Sunday morning voice. Let's go on shouting every time. Okay, they they have some really weird um, versions of this. Okay, but this is not complicated. Uh, it says. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Just like someone who is controlled by the excessive use of wine, we're to be controlled by the Spirit. That's still a little weird. Okay. If you're under the influence of alcohol, do you know what you're doing? No. Are you doing what you want to do? No. You're, you're, you're kind of out of your mind. You don't really know what you're doing. Okay. You kind of lost it. All right. Be filled with the Spirit. I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm doing what the Spirit wants me to do. People act out of their head all the time in alcohol. We're not supposed to act according to our own reason and our own understanding. We're supposed to act according to the precepts of the Word of God. That's all he's saying. He's saying, be controlled by the Spirit of God, which reveals himself in the Word of God. Okay, it's not, I ate something weird on Friday night, uh, sushi. And uh, I had a dream, okay? That's not what he's talking about. He said, we have, we have the scripture. We have the truth, okay? He reveals himself in the word of God, and we're to be obedient to that. All he's saying there is, it's not in you. It's the spirit is supposed to be controlling what you do. That's the entire point of that, of that verse. 
Everybody following, picking up when I'm laying down? Okay. Nobody raised their hand. Okay. Um, uh, see, I have Galatians 6.1 here. Let me go look at that. Maybe that sheds some more light on this. I can't remember what this is. Galatians 6.1. Okay, yeah. Um, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. What's happening there? The spiritual man is the one being obedient to the word of God. Okay? And there's a brother overtaken in a fault. He's being disobedient. So the spiritual one is supposed to go say, hey, you're not being controlled by the spirit. Be obedient. Okay? That's all it is. Being filled with the spirit is being obedient to the word of God. It's exactly what it is. So, um, follow reproof, obey the truth. Why that rhyme? Could have started a rap right there. Um, be filled with the Spirit. Sing good music. Verse number 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The primary use of music is not just for ourselves that we enjoy. The primary use of music is to glorify God. And it's not to say that you cannot, you know, you can't, you know, play other songs to develop your talent. Um, it's not like you can't play, um, I don't know, Oh Danny Boy, okay? That, that, that music is, is sound music. It, it's not um, in revolt against God, okay? It follows all the, all the laws of music. But it's, it, it's not uh, spiritual songs. It's not something that has any... Uh, does anything for your um, spiritual um, mind. It doesn't do anything um, to get you thinking on uh, spiritual things. It doesn't get you thinking on the Word of God. It's just kind of a vain song, okay? It, it, it doesn't do anything. Um, so primarily music is, is to glorify God. Sing and make melody in our hearts to the Lord. So that's, that's what, I mean, it's part of the passage. That's uh, one of the things he has up there on the list. Um, with being filled with the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I always used to have, I, I never really thought of this until I was studying for this, um, put those two on the same plane, okay? But he, it's right there in the list. He says, be filled with the Spirit, sing good music, okay? It's, it's all in the list. He put it all together. It's important. It's important. And the last thing he, he, he uh, um, lists here, he says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I was going to say, make a quick comment on this, and then I'm going to wrap it up. <clears throat> Notice he says, giving thanks for all things. I already hit this, but um, when I think of this, I think of Romans 8.28. For all things work together for good. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Give thanks for all things. What's he saying in, in, in Romans 8.20? He's saying the things that don't seem to be good by themselves, they are for your good. And you give thanks for them. Everything in your lives, even, even the things that we don't like, the things that happen that would not be according to what we would want, they all work together for good. What's the next verse uh, say? Uh, for whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Right? 
that whole process of all things working together for good, the good and the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, whatever, all those things working together for good, they all come into our lives. We experience them so that we can be conformed to the image of his son. He says here, we're to give thanks for all things. Give thanks during those times. Recognize that they're all working for our good. Give thanks for them. So just several things that, that we touched on. Um, but are, are you putting away those, those works of darkness um, that we talked about at the beginning? Are, are we, I don't know about you, but especially the ones of the tongue. Um, are, we, are we putting away the, the, the obscenity? Are we, are we putting away the, the, the foolish talking um, that's just vain and empty, has nothing to do with no good whatsoever? Are we putting away the, the, the humorous, insulting, or rude and abusive remarks? Are we, are we being careful, um, um, those, those are in leadership, to reprove the works of darkness? Are all of us that are looking at those lights, those flags on those minds, if you will, are we walking circumspectly? Or are we walking as fools and just going around and, I don't really think there's a mind there. Are we walking circumspectly? Are we redeeming the time? Are we doing the things... Um, are we accomplishing what God would have us to accomplish? Or are we messing around down here, messing around as a fool, stepping on those things? Are we following reproof? Are we, are we obeying um, the word, being filled with the spirit, um, music, we're being thankful? It's important we do those things and as we as a church prove what is acceptable we'll be what God wants us to be as Lighthouse Baptist Church let's do it let's pray